All right, guys, life can get hectic really fast. It feels like there's no time and we're always on the go. When you get overwhelmed with life's daily tasks, responsibilities, and unexpected challenges, important things like our health tend to fall to the wayside. Well, my friend, Healthy Cell is here to make taking care of yourself a priority. Healthy Cell makes getting back in the driver's seat much easier. They have an innovative approach to the pill format by using this awesome gel. This vitamin-packed, nutrient-dense gel can be taken by itself, mixed in your drink, or blended with your morning smoothie. Healthy Cell offers supplement packs to enhance your performance, focus, and well-being. Take control of your mental, physical, and physiological health with Healthy Cell. If this is something that you've been thinking about implementing, tap this episode, scroll to our show notes, and click the link for significant savings today. All right, click that link to support your health and our mission today. Now, enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epting, and you are listening to the Direct Impact Podcast. And we have an amazing speaker here with us today, and her name is Julia. And she has been very gracious and willing to come and share a bit of her story regarding body betrayal trauma. And I really, really appreciate you being here, Julia, because I would love for our audience to hear um, other people besides myself (laughs) talk about (laughs) their experiences with body betrayal and how to identify it and how to cope and resolve the trauma. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So uh, we've got some questions and I'm just going to run through them and again, just trying to give our audience some reference points, right? So what form of body betrayal have you experienced? For me, there's been a whole host of things. It's been mental health, physical health, and I have a slew of conditions. Ehlers-Danlos being the most recent diagnosis, which is a rare genetic connective tissue disorder. It's fine if you've never heard of it. Most doctors have it, which is part of the problem. Yes. And, part of the trauma, probably trying to find diagnoses yes. is, is traumatic. Yeah. Having waking up with new symptoms each day, trying to figure out is this normal? Is this just a cold? Oh no, is this a new big serious thing? And then to end up getting diagnosed with something that's rare, well, that doesn't really give you a whole lot of information. It's not researched that much. Mm-hmm. And even I imagine the things that are heavily researched, you still wake up with that oh my goodness, is this another thing that's going to happen? A bad thing's already happened. A diagnosis already happened. I know so many friends that have illnesses and they're constantly, I see their world just shatter when they wake up feeling dizzy or nauseous because it's new. And Mm -hmm. so it 
it's going to be so big, or maybe it's so little, mm-hmm. or is it going to change life again? Because every symptom changes your life. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Would you mind sharing some of the ways that your life has changed or been altered for either periods of time or um, period? My life has been so, (laughs) it has changed so many times, it's hard to keep count. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the thing, the grieving process is every time I think that I have like a new life figured out, it doesn't But it started with, I was trying to go to school full time and suddenly my health, the stress was making it worse. I didn't know at the time that stress would feed into physiological problems on top of what I already had undiagnosed. So I was just this cluster of symptoms and I was young. So I kept getting, you're too young to have this. Mm -hmm. You're too young to be sick. And I'm like, tell my body that, you know, be a little louder, please, Mm -hmm. because it's not here. (laughs) Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up having to quit school. I tried different jobs full time, was still not working. So then I went down to part time and it got to the point where I ended up getting on disability, which was not my goal. I was supposed to be a writer. I was supposed to be on tour. And, but it's not the end of the story. I mean, I, continued with I found a good doctor, good therapist, and kept pushing through things. And so more changes came, this time a little better. <laughs> um to the point where I'm trying to go back to school today, but not at the speed I was going at before. I've learned I have to live a lot slower life than I ever intended. But that's better than being frozen in time, terrified every day like I was for many years. What would you say some of the like implications of body betrayal have been like as a result of body betrayal you experience? Fear. Mm, that's good. <laughs> and there's so much to be scared of. There's the symptoms. There's the, well, like I have a trip coming up next week. Is my body going to be okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to try and be positive that nothing's going to fall apart or become dysfunctional since then Mm -hmm. until then so it sounds like fear and doubt like what's going to happen this time and am i going to be able to handle it and it's not even just the symptoms too it's how other people are going to react to it because i've yeah i've gotten a variety of reactions there's people who want to rush me to the hospital because I feel a little dizzy. And it's like, this is, I actually know what this is. It's okay. Uh And then there's the other people where there's been times where my back was hurting so badly and I couldn't continue. And they're trying to just be like, one more time, just one more thing, just one more lift, one more, just one more. I really, that was beyond the boundary that I had. Mm-hmm. And so it's also the fear of, are people going to respect my boundaries? Because that is a very important part of this. And one of the things I'd like to add is, because we talk a lot about, you know, yes, all of the the trauma and the complications and the, the negative implications, there's so much positive in turn, almost equal amounts that can come out mm-hmm. of And 
what you're describing right there is why I believe that now you're such a good communicator, (laughs) you know, because it's like, okay, let me play the tape all the way through before I engage in an activity and let me express and clearly communicate what I might need, you know, just to have some safety or security going into it. It's still scary wondering how the other person's going to react because Mm -hmm. while I try to surround myself with a lot of people who have health issues and aren't too far from me, of course, I'm still going to interact with like potential employers or things like that where people don't understand and they don't want you to have those problems. And Mm -hmm. how do you explain that you're still worthy, that you still have value? It's just going to look a little different. Mm. Yeah. All right, I want to tell you about Brain FM. Some days our focus is stretched thin. Different sources of stimulation regularly wear on our attention. Working from home can obviously exacerbate these issues. At best, curated playlists can be a crapshoot. Whether they'll actually push you to be more productive, who knows? This is why we use Brain FM. These guys have neural phase locking audio technology and fire soundtracks that shift your neurons into focus mode. Visit brainfm.com. That's www.brainfm.com. Use the promo code Direct Impact for great discounts. That's Direct Impact with no spaces. Now, visit the link in our show notes. Let's talk about some of the symptoms, surgeries, procedures, <laughs> and the things that you have endured in order to even get that diagnosis. Oh, goodness. Uh, it's certainly been a lot. I, I had chased this diagnosis. I pretty much went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out what's this thing that's wrong with me to the point where my anxiety and my depression were just fueled to a point that I couldn't control it. It wasn't until after I had pretty much given up trying to find a diagnosis did I find one. Mm. But I found a lot of little ones along the way, like vasal vagal syncope, which just basically means that my body tries to protect myself in stressful situations by doing things that are contradictory, like slowing down my heart rate, but also opening my veins. So if you open your veins and you slow down your heart rate, that just means your blood's kind of pulling in your legs. Suddenly, your brain is kind of being left all alone. So that's fun. That dizzy, dizzy. Occasionally, I pass out, Mm -hmm. and it's really fun that I pretty much for like an hour afterwards, I'm just mumbling, just laying on the floor. But it, my body is great enough that it recovers itself. I mean, that's part of why it passes out or tells me to get on the floor because it's like, hey, we need to get you back in balance. And that, I mean, that's really what everything is. So you really got to, listening to my body was a huge thing uh, once I started doing that instead of trying to fight it because like the, the vasal vagal syncope is pretty much under control now because I can feel the first little twinge and I'm like, okay, my body's talking to me. Mm-hmm. And so but between that and nausea learning until, let's see, I was 33 when I realized I had was missing enzymes that digest sugar, which apparently most people pick this up when they're children. They realize this because it's a congenital and you're born with it. So I was constantly just wondering why food hated me. And so that was fun. And now I can actually eat and drink and 
you know, not have to run to the restroom because I was constantly having to make sure as soon as I walked in somewhere, I needed to know where the restroom was. I needed to know that it was clean, that it was good. It like the, it, mm-hmm. the restroom became the most important part of a dinner out mm-hmm. because I just, there was food involved and I had a condition I didn't know about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can see how this exacerbates anxiety. And, and hypervigilance and fear. And yeah, they're playing off of each other, the physical and the emotional. Yeah, it's like a terrible game of Frogger where you just don't know where the next car or the symptom's coming from and you're just trying to get across that road. Great <laughs> analogy. I love that. I think that's exactly how it feels. Yes, I absolutely remember um, when I was in the throes of my body betrayal and the bathroom being like this vital, important thing and being, you know, having the car outfitted with a change of underwear, a change of clothes, a change of pants and a few yeah. towels. And I mean, it's um, definitely gets a lot of attention and a lot of energy that could be better spent elsewhere. So that becomes a loss. Yes. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I didn't mention with not knowing that I had Ehlers-Danlos was some of the previous surgeries I had actually went badly because I had that diagnosis, but well, because I have that condition, but I didn't have the diagnosis yet. So like when I had my sinus surgery, I remember going back and the doctor saying, this should have healed already. Do you have a healing problem? Well, I didn't know that I did. And so he's, I feel like he's accusing me of doing something wrong. Or when I got my wisdom teeth removed, well, since I don't heal well, I accidentally opened up a hole in my sinuses, which turned into two more surgeries. And the doctor didn't catch that because I wasn't prepared to give him all the information. And that's another thing, too, is that the reason it's so important to have your symptoms and your diagnoses is so you can explain it to your doctors. You feel like they should be able to just see things and just know right. but really it's act av- ad- self-advocacy there we go that's a great word that i can't pronounce <laughs> i mean it, well pronounce it or not you're really good at it <laughs> you are a wonderful self-advocate and i think that is goes along with what i said about communication and um Because, yes, you have to be able to clearly communicate to friends and family and the people that, you know, you want to support you in this Mm -hmm. journey, but also to self-advocate at hospitals with doctors and with, uh, you know, providers so that they can meet your needs effectively. It's so intimidating when you're trying to explain to a doctor why you're there, why you need to be there, why you're in this situation and Mm -hmm. problems that you have while they're just staring at you because in their brain, they only know you for five minutes and you have to explain a lifetime to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It is. It is. It's very overwhelming. I want to ask you some questions about your family of origin. (laughs) Um, Because I, I feel like when we deal with trauma, goes back to uh, the earlier traumas, right? And most of the time we're finding multiple diagnoses and experiencing body betrayal 
it's so reinforced by what was learned in childhood and the way that your body was cared for or not cared for, what you learned about sickness or health. And so would you mind sharing a little bit about your family of origin and how your major caregivers responded to sickness (laughs) and body and all that? So I have an extremely special situation with how my family was. Um, Just in general, I'll explain in a moment, but it was a hierarchy system. Like whoever was the sickest that day was the most important. But the catch is my mom had heart and kidney failure and my dad had liver failure and they both had transplants while I was in high school. So I am a sick person, but I was competing against them. And that's how it always was a competition. And once in a while, they would feel okay. And I would win that day for the competition of the sickest person. Suddenly, my dad would be really nice. And mom would ask me where I'd want to go eat. But by the next day, you know, one of them, one of their symptoms would have flared again. So I grew up in a sick family where I, none of us were really healthy. Even my grandparents just... I really have no idea what healthiness is supposed to look like. So to me, yeah, I just always tried to look. And if I wasn't the worst situation, I felt like I wasn't allowed Mm -hmm. to feel my feelings. That I just needed to pack them away because I needed to be, if you're not the worst, you're the caretaker. Wow. Double-edged sword there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that that's really valuable information and, you know, in doing the work for trauma resolution, it's really understanding um, what sickness or being sick or caring for your body with, you know, how is that reinforced in childhood? Um, So going with that, what are some of the negative core beliefs that were reinforced? Some negative core beliefs I had were I am not important enough because I'm not in the worst situation. I'm not good enough. I'm not even enough. And then another thing that I've struggled with was in my family, medical devices and AIDS meant the person was weak. But I know now that I'm important. I know I'm good enough. And I know that refusing to wear hearing aids and making everyone else in the room just scream like my grandmother did is not some heroic triumph. But it's okay. Use your, use your hearing aid. Use your mobility aid. I have a rollator, which is like a walker with wheels and a seat. I'm only in my thirties. It's like my little walking sports car. (laughs) (laughs) It's just you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I never understood why my family so much fought against their illnesses and kept themselves so isolated. That was one thing with mom and dad and my grandmother. They were all isolated. Because that's all they were, were their sickness. And I don't know how they felt. So at the same time, I don't want to pass judgment. But I know I've had some pretty bad days. And I know that I never want my life to just be sick. I love that. Hey, guys. It's your host, Andrea. I have a question for you. How frustrating is it that you have to pay your hard-earned money to see? Personally, I've been wearing corrective lenses since the fourth grade, and the cost has really added up over the years. If you're like me and actually value your dollar, then check out iBuyDirect.com. 
iBuyDirect has many styles and affordable frames that fit your unique personality. Need specialty lenses like blue light filtering? No problem. iBuyDirect provides many options for customization like bifocals, progressives, tinted lenses, and more. Do you have 20-20 vision? Great! iBuyDirect has you covered too with many sunglasses options that will allow you to express and enhance your individualized style. Do you like premium brands? I do. iBuyDirect carries Ray-Ban, Oakley, Vogue, just to name a few. Click the iBuyDirect link in our show notes and get affordable, custom eyewear today. So what are some liberating truths that you have now about self? That it's okay to be different. It's okay to accept changes. That, and it's okay to be a mess. It really is. I mean, my biggest thing is I take a lot of breaks. And like I said, I go slower than everyone else. My like I said, I was going back to school. What I mean by going slow is when I graduate, it's going to take me 20 years. But the the takeaway is I'm going to have a degree. Mm-hmm. And so. That's awesome. So that's something. And I'm doing well. So which is surprising. <laughs> because I was so set on, like you said, the identity of being sick and a sick person isn't successful. So the fact that I got all A's last semester was really like I, I still don't believe it. It still doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel real. But you can still achieve things. It's just you just like I said with my mobility aid, I have to use a roller when I walk. I have to just play by a different set of rules. Uh-huh. And it's just um, the best way I can explain it is that my friend once told me, you're either growing or decaying. Mm-hmm. And I've realized growing can be as slow or as fast as you want. As long as it's still some movement. you know. And I love thinking of sloths when I think about that. Because, I mean, they're the cutest things, but they barely... I mean, it's okay. If we go sloth speed, that's okay. They're still pretty darn cute. So maybe I'm really cute when I'm doing things slow. I don't know. I love it. I love it. And I'm hearing a few things, which is I've learned to respect my body. I've learned to respect its unique needs and its unique design. And you have been willing to challenge those faulty beliefs that sick people aren't successful. And you have found like, okay, that was a piece of shit. Like that was a lie. Like that was not true at all. Like, you know, so you've challenged the negative core beliefs and seen that they are faulty. Well, at the same time, I feel like I didn't have a choice but to challenge it Mm -hmm. because it got to the point where I was so low. And just swallowed up by depression and the illness that I felt like my only options were to take my own life or find something that avoids reality. Uh And I found plenty of things that were dopamine releasing that avoided reality. I overslept. I did some binge eating. Uh, Sex was a big thing. Uh So it was continue living that life that kept making me sicker. And I was basically becoming my own. I was 
like somehow I was another illness added on top of my other illnesses. Mm-hmm. So, well, the <laughs> disease of addiction was added on top <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a, one more disease. And you found a way to combat that one so that you could effectively look at body betrayal. Because yes. when you're in the throes of compulsivity, and addiction, um, it does. It exacerbates all of the health issues. And then, of course, there's that vicious cycle of that I need to medicate it. And so coming through that is just, you know, I think a very important first step in the process of where you are now. And you identified, okay, like I actually did have a choice. I could have taken my life. I could have stayed in the throes of addictive disease and compulsive acting out. Which I did for years. This wasn't a quick or a fast decision on my part. I I definitely took my time. Slow, right? Yes. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. And, um, And I think for our listeners, you know, like, you know, understanding and Lord knows I've said it and I think they'll probably hear it from you better than me, but it is a slow process. It is a slow process, however long it takes. Like you said, though, it's like, you know, I'm I'm either going to do the work or I'm going to take my life or decay in the process. So good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so how do you attune to your body today? That is like I was saying before with the physical syncope about paying attention to when things start feeling different. I try not to go into a worrying situation, but just have a conversation with my body. If I start feeling too hot or just too much pain, I I start listening to it. And the boundaries are, they are the biggest thing. I can't get over that. I mean, they are a beautiful set of rules that help me take care of myself. Because before, if someone would ask me, I, and someone did. In one weekend, I moved with two other people, a Victorian house, four levels with my back. And I have scoliosis, degenerative disc disease, bulging discs. It's it's really fun. It, it's flexible because the Ehlers-Danlos. And that was one of those situations. I was with one of those people that kept saying, just one more, just one more. And now I know not to do that. If I'm going to help someone move, I'm packing those little boxes. I'm getting, like, I'll get your salt and pepper shakers out. That's what I'm doing. I'll be there. I'll be part of. I'll help. This is how it's going to look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Julia, what wisdom do you want to um, embark on our audience when it comes to identifying body betrayal and resolving the trauma. Well, if you feel depressed and anxious, and it's really difficult just to even think about your own life without going into a panic, you're probably facing body betrayal and you're trying to fight against it. But the thing is, is you need to work with your body. I don't know who said it or where I heard it, but someone said there's one person you spend the rest of your life with. And that's you. Mm-hmm. So be nice to that person. Don't have an abusive relationship. Don't be controlling. Don't tell yourself to buck up and get over it. You are in a loving relationship with yourself. And that's how it needs to be. So whoever you're most caring with, I don't, it could be your dog. 
treat yourself like that. Mm-hmm. Like whoever you spoil, whoever you're nice to, try to have that voice in your head for you while you're facing these symptoms because it's scary and it sounds weird, but you need support from yourself the most because mm-hmm. you are the most consistent thing in your life. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today to tell your story. Oh, thank you. I hope someone learned something today. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein. Here is our disclaimer and legal language. Yes, I'm a psychotherapist, but guess what? I'm not your psychotherapist, and I need to be clear that this podcast is solely for enhancement, education, and entertainment purposes only. It is in absolutely no way a replacement for professional counseling services. If you feel like you need additional support, we strongly encourage you to seek that out today. Have you experienced the deep hurt, headache, anger, and confusion caused by intimacy betrayal? Has your partner gone outside of the relationship to feed their sexual compulsion or medicate their inadequacies and anxieties? Do you feel isolated, rejected, deceived, and manipulated? Well, my friend, if you are answering yes and you have endured one or multiple instances of betrayal, you are not alone. Lightning in a Bottle digital course creators have developed a course for millions just like you survivors of betrayal trauma. This course is designed for those injured by infidelity and intimacy betrayal. This course is facilitated by yours truly and created to take you from the trauma of discovery into recovery. The Betrayal Trauma Foundations course will equip you with the fundamentals needed to begin the process of recovery and healing. This includes five hours of psychoeducation, independent insight exercises, continuing care resources, and more. Become part of an exclusive community dedicated to restoration and resilience. For pre-launch registration, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses. This site and pre-registration will save you 15%. For an additional 15%, that is a total of 30% in savings today, enter the promo code IMPACT, that's I-M-P-A-C-T, to receive an additional 15% off. That's a total of 30% off in savings today. So hurry, reserve your spot and save big. Heads Up Guidance Services or HUGS is a nonprofit organization dedicated to removing all barriers to quality professional counseling services. At HUGS, all motivated individuals, couples, and families can access the support they need and deserve in an outpatient setting. 
They recruit dedicated, compassionate, and socially conscious professionals who volunteer their time and specialized skill pro bono. HUGS doesn't work with third-party payers, insurance companies, or government dollars. Rather, they operate entirely with the support of people just like you. To help support HUGS, visit www.headsupsavannah.org.